This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What is up, I Do Podcast listeners? Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for being here with us on this whatever day it is that you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) It is another beautiful day here in Costa Rica, and we just got done with a great chat with Jessa Zimmerman. And Jessa is a licensed sex therapist whose work focuses on helping couples who have a good relationship but want to have better sex. And she is also the host of the Better Sex podcast and will be releasing her first book on, guess what topic? Sex later (laughs) this year. And she has a lot of great stuff for us today. We talk about the five areas that can be pitfalls when it comes to your sex life. And if you are human and in a relationship, there's a pretty good chance that you are going to encounter one, if not all of these areas. And it's just really important to, to listen to the tips that she gives, but then to realize that just by listening things aren't going to fix themselves. And so like a lot of the stuff on this podcast, it's great that you're getting the information, but really make the effort, try to implement at least one tip from these episodes. I know even Sarah and I, you know, we say it all the time. We're not perfect. We are busy. We are parents. And we in 2018 want to do a better job of actually Taking the advice, it's mm-hmm. like what the what's the saying? Like if you took your own advice, you know, like take your own advice. Oftentimes, yeah. and, and so, but actually doing it. So, so uh, take these tips and and just use one of them. And uh, who doesn't want to have a better sex life too? So, yeah, and we'll we'll give you a little preview of what these five uh, pitfalls are, just so that you you know what to expect. And the first one is avoidance, then distraction neglect, desire, and negativity. So if you can relate to one of those, like Chase said, or maybe even all of them, then you're definitely going to relate to and benefit from listening to this episode with Jessa. Yeah. And as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, subscribing to the show, leaving us those five-star reviews, sending us emails, letting us know that uh, the, the guests are, are really helping you in your relationship. It's always awesome to hear that. And we love getting topic ideas from you too. Like so many of these episodes that we've released recently have been because you guys have emailed us and said, Hey, I'm having this problem in my relationship. Can you please do an episode on it? So yes, absolutely. Send us your topic ideas. We love to hear it. And we love to give you guys information that you guys are going to actually be able to use to help your relationship. 
And you might have noticed we haven't been doing the lasting love round. We kind of just phased that out. Uh, we we had it in there in the beginning and then we didn't really we just kind of did it automatically and i i thought that the conversations flowed a little bit better when without those questions but i don't know give us your feedback if if you if you liked the lasting love round or maybe you liked one of the questions from the lasting love round um and and maybe we just tweak it and and yeah. uh, or maybe we ask the guests you know to email us that and we just have it on the show notes for you guys and we just don't do it in the show or i don't know we have we'll figured out <laughs> anyways so you may have noticed that all you hardcore i do podcast listeners out there <laughs> all right guys well as always we really appreciate it and enjoy today's show enjoy the show guys Hi, Jessa. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for joining us again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Jessa, we've given our listeners a little overview. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationship. Uh, well, uh, let's see, where do I start? I'm a, I'm a therapist in Seattle, and I'm a couples counselor and a certified sex therapist. So my practice is working, you know, almost exclusively exclusively with couples helping them with sex. And of course, you know, you can't separate sex from the rest of a relationship, right? So we're working, we're working on more than just sex when I'm doing work with clients. And I'm, I'm passionate about it because I think, you know, our intimate relationships really matter. I mean, I really look at this as making the world a better place, kind of one, one committed relationship at a time. That is a beautiful way to frame it. And yeah, we've had a lot of therapists that kind of say something similar. And then Sarah and I, we're just interviewing you guys, but we feel the, the same way that the world, like it's built on people and people have relationships. That's what is, you know it means to, to be a human almost and it's the way we interact with each other. And it is such a great thing to be able to improve those relationships because that's the foundation of this life really. So we commend you for the work and thank you for letting us grill you and interview you about the things that can help these uh, relationships flourish. And, and today's topic is one that is certainly important and we touched on it a little bit, but we're going to zero in and talk about the new rules for sex in relationship. And obviously this is a broad range of things, but it, <laughs> But let's just jump right in and and uh I can lead us off or if you if you wanna start, um let's let's dive into this. Yeah, let me just say a, a word about where they come from in a way. Um so it's it's a section in my new book, uh Sex Without Stress, but it's these aren't just appropriate for sex. Like this is what I'm trying to do is help people create a mindset about how they interact in relationship and sort of have agreements, get on, get on the same page with their partner so we have an understanding of whose job is whose. <laughs> um, so if you've ever heard, you know, the phrase codependent, maybe, or enmeshed, um, the idea that, that we want to play our own side of the court. So it's really important, like, what's my work? What's your work? What's our role as we interact? So it sort of, you know, evolved into, uh, I guess what I'm calling new rules for relationship. Let's dive in. Tell us how we can navigate that. And and that's a good point that a lot of these things, like 
for instance, communicating around sex, well, you just apply that to the rest of your relationship, like you mentioned. So, so let's, uh, let's get into it. So let's start with the idea that um, you're responsible for yourself. You know, and maybe that sounds really straightforward, but, you know, what that means is we each need to know what we want and what we feel. We've got to manage our own emotional state. You know, it is not our job to do that for our partner, right? It's not your partner's job to do that for you. So I see a lot of people in a practice where they've, um, they've developed a way of being that, like, if one person has anxiety, say, uh, the other person's job is to sort of manage that for them. Right. And, and not do things that are anxiety provoking and be there and be supportive. And, you know, and it's not like we shouldn't support our partners. We should. But ultimately, our job is to be responsible for ourselves. And so if both people can understand that, it, it makes it clearer about what you should be doing when somebody's anxious. Right. It's, it's your job to settle down your own anxiety and understand what that is and where it's coming from. So how would that look like in the bedroom? Well, in the bedroom, I mean, there's sort of a corollary, too, which these sort of go hand in hand. Like in the bedroom, you're responsible for your own pleasure. So it's not your partner's job to, like, magically know what you need and want, you know, and how it's feeling to you right now. And it's not their job to perform. It's your job to speak up about what you want and to be clear about what turns you on and what's pleasing. And, and you know, we enlist our partner. I'm not saying we're just sitting there masturbating or something, but... It's, it's each of our job to be responsible for getting what we want out of a sexual encounter. And I guess likewise with anxiety, if somebody's got anxiety about sex, it's not the other person's job to do everything to put them at ease and make everything perfect and make the stars align. A person with the anxiety has to, has to sort of deal with what's, what's making them anxious and how they want to solve that. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's listening and they want their partner to maybe take the initiative to be more in charge of their own feelings, how would someone initiate or start that conversation so that somebody can explain those feelings to their partner? Right. Because this maybe is different than the way they've been doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I suppose they'd say, hey, I listened to, you know, Chase and Sarah's podcast and heard this this sort of novel idea that it works better for each take ownership of our own pleasure. And, and how are we how are we doing it differently now? And what would it look like if we started to ad- adopt this? I mean, most of the people that I work with, there can be a little bit of resistance to the idea, but most people find it freeing that they are not supposed to um, auto- automatically know how to please their partner. Right. So there's, there's a burden that's lifted. If it's like, Oh, you tell me what you want. I don't have to, I don't have to guess. I don't have to struggle. Right. Like it's a, it's a relief for a lot of people. It seems so simple. And it sounds like we're talking about like this radical idea, but it's, it's not hard. I mean, it is hard to do to, to get in touch with yourself first to understand what you want even to examine that and then to have the ability to communicate it to your partner. There's so many layers there, understanding yourself. And then a lot of times we talk about it on the show, uh, the shame that is built around sex, particularly in, in Western culture, a lot of times in the U S like it's not a very sexual, it's a sexualized culture, but I feel like it's not a very sexual culture in that, you know, you see it in the media and there's, there's no shortage of, of, uh, 
scantily clad women in ads, but when it comes to like your own personal relationship, I know I've talked about it before, but I had not an incredible shame around it, but not a a natural comfort in talking about sex, even with Sarah, with with my partner, or explaining, you know, what it is that I want in the bedroom. And then we sit here and assume or that our partner can read our minds. Imagine that and, and right. you know what we want. And so we're kind of yeah. going around in this weird place with all those things. And so this is, I know when I first heard this, it was illuminating to me and, and I, and then I had to put it into practice and it makes a huge difference and it's something we're always working on, but it's uh, worth getting out of your comfort zone to, to start that process. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think all of this stuff is sort of simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So when I think about the kinds of obstacles people can have, I mean, you know, certainly your shame and discomfort are part of it. And if people are also potentially raised, um, to disconnect from their wants, just in general, not even just sexual. But if you were raised in a household where your wants didn't matter or there was big stuff going on in your family so you didn't take up any space, you know, there's all kinds of reasons somebody might have a hard time accessing their own desire. So knowing what you want can be a real challenge. Talking about it absolutely can be a challenge. And, and I think a lot of people get very attached to this idea. <laughs> they really wish their partner could read their mind. It could just totally take responsibility for stuff and make it happen. You know, and it, sometimes it's a, hard, it's a hard thing to let that go and realize, no, no, that's not their job. It's our job to be responsible for ourselves. It's their job to be a willing participant with us. Chase, you can't read my mind. Um, no. <laughs> that's I've, how, that's I've how I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, when people are together for a while, we do learn things about each other, right? And what we generally want. But even even that isn't the same day to day, right? Tuesday's different than Wednesday. Things aren't working the same all the time. So this is something you sort of have to constantly watch, even in a long-term relationship. Are you speaking up about how it's feeling and what you want? You know, and again, not just sex. This is about in your relationship in general. You know, are you are you being responsible for yourself? Are you waiting for your partner to do that? And like you mentioned, especially in long-term relationships, it's important to have this conversation open and continued because people change. And over 10 years, what Chase and I liked in the beginning is different now. And, and so it's really important to always touch back on that every couple of years or so, or every couple of months or weeks. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So another rule, and this is this is sort of similar. I mean, they also fall under this category of being responsible for ourselves, right? Playing our own side of the court. But a big part of that is to say no when you need to say no. So a lot of people go along with things that they don't exactly want to be doing, and they don't speak up, and and that totally undermines the trust in a relationship. You know, how can you be safe <laughs> uh, to ask for what you want and to take care of yourself if, if you don't know if your partner will take care of themselves, right? They may go along with something and be unhappy later or have a bad time or even get resentful. You know, it's really critical uh, that we have an ability to say no and that we use it when we need to. And, and what would that look like, like if uh, in relation to uh, sex in the relationship? Well... And again, sex or not, I mean, I'll use a sexual example, but this applies everywhere else too. Um, so if something's, you know, you're in a sexual encounter and something hurts, 
<laughs> you know, and you don't like it, you should speak up, right? You shouldn't just grit your teeth and go through with something like that. If something makes you exceptionally uncomfortable or it's really causing a lot of resentment or, um, I mean, trauma might be too strong a word, but, you know, something that's going to be really negative and you're going to feel bad about it later, you, you really owe it to yourself and your partner to say no to that. Right? You've got to have boundaries in a relationship. And, and again, boundaries in general are a struggle for some people. You know, we don't, we don't have them. We don't know how to say no appropriately, which means we're doing things we don't feel good about, which is damaging our relationships. You know, we're sort of, um, oh, almost like, like toxically poisoning them over time if we're not taking care of ourselves. You can't do that for very long before you start to feel bad, you know, and probably bad about the person you're with. That makes sense. And, and it goes along with communicating w- what you want and, and it is just hearing it. It's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But it's like, we don't, we don't do that. It, it, something doesn't feel good. It Communicate that and, and, and say, let's do something else. Or it's not even that you have like this completely negative experience. It doesn't have to be it. It, it's about elevating your experience to to be amazing rather than mediocre. So it might just feel like your your sex life with your partner is mediocre and you're in your routine and but you're not communicating mm-hmm. that you don't really like a certain position or or whatever, but you know, you just put up with it. And it's like, well, you do have to have boundaries and maybe it is something you can just put up with, but I would really examine that for yourself and say, well, what if my partner doesn't really actually like it that much either? And they haven't thought about it. And now if, <laughs> yeah, we, if we get right, that out right. in the open. Well, and it's, an interesting, it's an interesting question for me when I'm working with clients, right? If they just want to say no to something, you know, this isn't my favorite. I don't know if I'm in the mood for this. You know, it makes me a little anxious. You know, sometimes there really is a benefit to doing it anyway, right? Start getting out of our comfort zone, being willing to do something because our partner really likes it. But, but that only is a positive thing if we can feel good about what we're doing. You know, like, I, this may not be my favorite position, but I can feel really good about doing this with you because it's your favorite. You know, that's a different thing than I'm just going to forget about what I want. I'm just going to tolerate this, and I'm going to be kind of pissed off about it later, or I'm just going to feel icky. Like, that's not what we want to be doing, right? So there's, there's this discernment that people need. And if it's going to cause harm in your relationship, or if it's going to build resentment, if it's going to fester... I think you need to say no. That's a great point. So let's let's jump into the next rule that we can uh, we can examine. Okay. So, um, and again, these these all sort of relate to each other. But one rule is to ask for what you want and tolerate not getting it. So back to being in charge of your own pleasure and your own desires. And again, this is not just about sex. Speaking up and saying, "I want" or "I would like." you know, X, Y, or Z is a really important energetic thing. You know, instead of hoping for it to happen or hinting with your partner or, um, you know, subtly kind of manipulating a situation or, you know, sort of they're sitting there wishing, right? You, you take ownership of your desire and you say it. You know, whether that's I want pepperoni pizza for dinner or I want to do, you know, something new in the bedroom. And... Just because you ask for something, just because you summon that courage does not mean you're going to get it, right? Because you're dealing with another person that has their own desires. So we have to both speak up for ourselves and advocate for what we want 
and be flexible enough that we can tolerate not getting it. Yeah, these are all simple in in theory, simple things to do, but I know like as you're going <laughs> right. over them, I'm I'm thinking that, but I'm like, well, I'm not doing that all the time. So and I think it's uh, one thing to know this, but then to deliberately put it into practice. How does somebody navigate those feelings of not getting what they want? Because obviously, I mean, some people that could cause resentment or they could feel like they're not being heard. How does somebody build that emotional intelligence to to really accept not getting what they want. But first, we want to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's sponsor is Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in the world. You know this. (laughs) We've been telling you. Yes. (laughs) It is great. And Sarah is continuing to improve her Spanish. We're counting down the days until we're back in Costa Rica where she's going to put it to the real world test because so far she's just been... Habla Espanol con Stella, our daughter. So <laughs> I feel like the pressure's on me to speak some Spanish in the ad, but I just can't. I can't do it. I'm too nervous. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you. We'll let you uh, continue to practice, and yeah, that'll be like the ultimate babble ad. Sarah's just going to do it completely in Spanish. <laughs> Those of you out there who don't speak Spanish won't know what she's saying. Sorry, <laughs> but you'll be so impressed that she learned Spanish. You're going to download the app and. Get 50% off with the promo code I do. <laughs> and thanks to Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, which are available on the app and online, I can do them anywhere at any time. So even if I only have five minutes here or there, my Spanish will improve. <laughs> so after Sarah masters Spanish, she can learn French, maybe Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and many more languages. Bonjour. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I've already started on French. I didn't tell you. So, all right. One at a time. <laughs> okay. Okay. One at a time. And uh, yeah, Babbel's lessons are designed to get you speaking confidently in your new language, confidently enough to do an ad completely in Spanish, <laughs> like Sarah's going to show you. I don't know if that'll be approved. <laughs> so go to Babbel.com and use promo code I do to get 50% off your first three months. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, promo code I do for 50% off your first three months. Today's episode is also sponsored by our course, Spark My Relationship. We started I Do Podcast to get information to improve our own relationship. We thought at the very least we'll be able to do that and then to share it with our listeners. The guests are great and we've gotten a ton of valuable information, but we found that if we don't actually deliberately take the time to implement the strategies and tools that our guests give us, we weren't seeing the real lasting benefits that we desired in our relationship. And that's why we created the Spark My Relationship course. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to create a comprehensive relationship course that not only teaches you the skills needed to create a successful and lasting relationship, but the tools to execute it. By enrolling in the online course, you'll have access to the same strategies and tools that marriage therapists teach their clients, including therapist-taught video lessons with workbooks and exercises to help you work towards accomplishing your relationship goals in less than 90 days. 
You'll also learn how to detox unhelpful relationship habits and learn healthy ways to interact. You'll learn how to disagree respectfully and communicate mindfully, as well as how to improve intimacy and reignite your sex life and so much more. Spark My Relationship isn't just a course for struggling couples. It's a course for couples who want to see their relationship flourish. If this is you, then you are a perfect fit for the course. So for a special offer for our ID podcast listeners, head over to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Again, for 30% off the course, plus special bonuses just for ID podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting question. I mean, it's not like there's a, you know, a definitive answer to that. I do think it takes practice. And I think we have to look at why, what's the struggle for each person, right? So I, I definitely have had people that feel like, hey, I, I really put myself out on a limb to actually ask for what I want. So then they feel entitled to get it, you know? So I think a lot of that's based in anxiety and fear. And as they get more comfortable asking for what they want, that might get better. Um, I think some people maybe give up if they don't get what they want. Like they tried it once and if it doesn't work, it's like, oh, this is too scary, you know? So again, I think it's, I think it really is about mindset, understanding that this takes um, practice and you have to sort of develop the, I mean, it's almost a muscle memory or the skill set, you know, um, and to recognize that if you don't get what you want, it, it is because you're dealing with another person whose wants also matter, right? So some people um, can make plenty of room for themselves and not so much for their partner, right? And that's something that needs to get adjusted as well. I love that point of of just practicing it because I think like a lot of the things we talk about on the show, uh, I think people think they should come natural or and that we should just be born yeah. with the ability <laughs> to communicate our desires. And, and we're not, unfortunately, and we're not really even taught that in school that well. And that's uh, kind of a different subject that we touch on a, a little bit that I'm interested in because we have a three-year-old daughter and I want her to grow up and have these tools when she's becoming, you know, an adult or she's getting into her first relationships to communicate what she wants. And, and I think that's important to keep in mind and then to be like, well, how do you, how do you get better at it? It's going to be uncomfortable, but just try it and then don't get discouraged. Like you said, continue. And, and it's going to be this muscle that you build. And and I know, like I, I mentioned earlier, it, talking about sex, wasn't the most comfortable thing for me, but I know the more we've done it, the easier it gets. And, and, and that's a process that continues. So, so I, I just want to encourage our listeners to, to hang in there and, and whether it's, you're taking that first step, like just do it, you know, and, and then if it yeah. feels uncomfortable, continue to try and keep that dialogue open. Right, right. And I, you know, the reason I, I sort of felt like I had to write these, you know, is because they really do run counter to a lot of people imagine, you know, how relationships work. I, I think there's this, um, I don't know if it's cultural or what it is, this idea that we're supposed to be kind of codependent or enmeshed or taking care of each other, right? Like so worried about each other and hurting each other's feelings and all, all this stuff that this is, these are not the way a lot of people naturally approach relationship, but I really believe it works better if you, if you adopt these ideas. So I was going to say, are you ready for another one? Yeah, give us another one. (laughs) Okay. So 
it's your job to share what's on your mind. Okay, so I think a lot of people um, expect that their partner will notice that they're unhappy and will ask about it. You know, or my partner needs to demonstrate that they want to hear from me first by asking, or I'm not going to volunteer anything. But fundamentally, if you have something going on, like a complaint or a problem, um, or even something positive, it really is your job to volunteer it and not wait for your partner to sort of pursue you. That's another simple one, but important. And I know that uh, we'll be able to apply that. And, and again, it's that muscle to exercise it when something's on your mind to, to put it out there, obviously with the right timing and the right communication that you're not you know, berating your partner over something <laughs> that you want. <laughs> but but right, right. what I kind of th- thought about when you, when you said that one and, and kind of these other things, um, I just read Esther Perel's book, uh, The State of Affairs, and it was really interesting, you know, from the, from the perspective of cheating and in, in, in these things you're talking about, a lot of people, rather than, because it's a little bit uncomfortable to communicate our desires or to, to say what's on our mind and these things can build up, some people would just try to find that elsewhere. It's like, oh, my partner is not um, reading my mind and I want them to do this, but you know, this other person, it, let me explore that with them. And it, it's kind of yeah. crazy that that, that happens. And, and it's like, obviously there's a lot of things that can be happening within the context of infidelity, but but just kind of using this example of the flip side of, of if you're not communicating yeah. these things, then that can lead down just not just unhappiness, certainly, or not, or just a mediocre relationship, but it can lead towards infidelity. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I I look at infidelity as, um, people are are trying to solve a problem, you know, and it's just not a, it's not the best solution (laughs) in my opinion. Right. So you're right. For a lot of people, the problem is something's happening in the relationship that they're unhappy with. And one solution would be to be really direct and tackle it with your partner, right? But that invokes a lot of anxiety for people. So another solution is, oh, I'll just have this balance with this person I'm sort of interested in at work. Isn't this easy, right? I don't, I don't actually have to take on the challenge of, of getting really real with my partner and letting them know how I'm feeling and what I want and, and taking ownership for my own part of it. I mean, it's, you know, it gets complex, of course, but, uh, but you're right. Sometimes this stuff is hard enough that people do something like cheat instead. And that can manifest not not in an affair, but or just like detachment. You know, you pull away from the yeah, relationship. Absolutely, or... absolutely. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I see that a lot with people. You know, and they they you do end up detached if you're not being real. You know, there's distance that's created in that. If you're not being fully yourself, if you're if you're only showing certain sides of yourself to your partner, or you're holding back, or you're pretending to. You don't hurt their feelings. I mean, any of the ways we don't bring our full selves into relationship causes distance, you know, whether we recognize that or not. Jessa, I I love these rules. Do you have any more? you got to have some more. Oh, yeah, I do. I (laughs) I have some more. (laughs) So this one is, is what I call lay your cards down first. So think about if you, if you were unhappy in your sex life and you've never let your partner know that, and you, you approach them one day and you say, so how are you feeling about our sex life? <laughs> right? You haven't, 
you haven't played your cards. You haven't told them what's really up for you. You sort of set a trap for them in a way, potentially, right? What are they going to say? And if they say, well, I haven't been that happy, maybe say, oh, right, me either. But if they say, oh, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, nothing, nothing happens in that exchange. You know, basically, you had something to say, but instead of doing that, you asked your partner, partner to play their cards first. I like that. Does that one. make sense? It's a little mm-hmm. complicated, but people do this all the time. You know, they, they want to see what their partner's going to say before they gauge, you know, that's how they gauge what they're going to be willing to share instead of just saying what's on your mind. Yeah. Being direct and not to attack Sarah here, but it, <laughs> it's, it's one thing that frustrates me. She doesn't do it that often. And it's probably more me being triggered, but when she asks, something like in a roundabout way, like not directly. Yeah. I'm just like, I know what she's trying to ask oftentimes and, and it's, but right, I perceive right. it as maybe a criticism and, and that goes back to, to all sorts of things I need to work out. But I, and, and I've expressed it, like, just ask me directly, you know, if, if, if it's, you want me to take out the trash to say, take out the trash and, or mm-hmm. I always use that as an example but <laughs> on the show, but, but that's yeah, not yeah. often the, the case, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. And it would be better like in a, in the sexual example I was using, you know, it'd be better for somebody to say, Hey, I'm really struggling with our sex life. I want us to be as close as we possibly can be. And, and I'm unhappy with, you know, this, or I have a belief about this, you know, what do you think? Instead of starting with, hey, how do you feel about our sex life, right? Because some, sometimes, you know, think, I can't think of an example off the top of my head right now, but think of it. Sometimes people ask their partner a question, and then the partner gets in trouble if they don't answer it the way they wanted it to be, right? It is a trap that we can send, you know. And from our experience, when Chase and I have those types of conversations where it's open-ended like that and it encourages us to talk about our feelings, we always leave the conversation feeling so much more connected to each other because we've learned more about each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it sort of all relates to this idea that, you know, real safety in a relationship comes from honesty. You know, I think people have this idea that for you to make it safe for me, you're supposed to be nice and sweet and loving and love everything I say and, you know, <laughs> like never have a problem. But that isn't safe if it isn't real. You know, the, the, the way we really know we're safe with our partner is when they will tell us exactly what they're feeling and really tell it as it is. I'm mean, not cruelly, you know, but, but honestly, you know, if I know you're always going to call me on my BS or <laughs> you're going to tell me exactly how you're thinking about something, I can rely on you, even if I don't like what I'm hearing. You know, this is a, a good transition. You, you mentioned honesty. And one of the things that I think is is taboo or often not talked about is once you are in a monogamous relationship, you are not to have any feelings towards the opposite sex or like some and, and that can look like I've had I've heard of uh someone that's not allowed to get a massage from a good looking person of the opposite sex. And it's mm-hmm. like, and, and there's all sorts of things there to unpack, but, but there's so much, I feel like cultural pressure that like, once you're in a monogamous relationship, don't even, your eyes should not be anywhere else. And, and I feel like that's so restrictive in, and, 
it can almost make it that we want what we can't have, or it's just not being honest with your partner because we're, we're humans. And if I'm walking down the street and I've said this before on the podcast and there's an attractive guy, like Sarah's eyes are going to notice because they're open and she doesn't have to be like, Oh, I want (laughs) to sleep with him. But she's like, Oh, he's good looking. And, And, and if she mentions that to me, like in the right context, I should be comfortable in our relationship and our sexuality to be like, yeah, you know, or, or, but I just feel like that's such a repressed part of monogamous relationships. Maybe you can talk about that in your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Absolutely. We do not cease being human beings the day we enter a a monogamous relationship, right? We have eyes, we have hormones, we have, you know, of course we notice attraction the same way we did before we partnered with somebody. Um, I don't know. I mean, we don't want to go indulge that, right? We don't want to go start flirting potentially or or really follow those thoughts, but we're going to notice. And I well, I think it's fine to mention it occasionally to a partner or at least acknowledge that this kind of stuff happens both ways. Um, I also don't think, of course, you want to rub it in your partner's face, like every hot guy you saw on the street, you know. Um, there's, you'd have to look at the motivation for, for why somebody would be bringing it up, right? Because we can be cruel to each other sometimes. So you have to think about what somebody's doing. But I, But I think at the root of that kind of control, like if I'm not going to let you go get a massage from an attractive female massage therapist or whatever, um, you know, that's insecurity, right? It's, it's territorial. I'm staking this out and, and it makes me feel better if I have these rules because then I can't be threatened, but that's not the basis of a solid relationship. You know, that isn't trust. And of, and of course you want it to be coming from a, a place of, of love and you're not trying to make a comment to, to dig at your partner. I, I was thinking you know, right, when you right. mentioned honesty and, and, and you also mentioned flirting as, as something you don't want to go and do, but I, I would say talk about these things though, because maybe your partner wants to have a flirty conversation with the, the waiter and yeah. And if, but if you never talk about that, then, and that really offends you, then, then that's something to talk about. But I, right, I, right. I, I'm just going back to that repression of like, well, culture says it, that you can't have dinner alone with the opposite sex. Like that's a thing that, I mean, personally, and, and I'm not saying you're a bad person if you believe that. But I would really examine that and, and think about the insecurities there or the cultural dialogue that's like, why can you not do that? You know, do you not trust your partner? Yeah, to- yeah. Right. It's a, it really is important to examine where it comes from and to have a conversation with your partner about how they feel about it. Because, and you're right, it's not like flirting is necessarily bad or wrong. It's what are two people going to agree on? And how do they feel about that agreement? Because if one person is just exerting control and the other is submitting, that's probably going to foster resentment and hard feelings over time. But if they're both totally on the same page, well, good, you know? Yeah, I think that's the key. Is And, and, and this all goes back to, to open communication and honesty. And that's that's what I wanted right. to, to drill down on, uh, particularly on this, because I feel like we're not honest about the fact that we are humans with hormones and eyes and ears right. and right. a lot of times <laughs> right. in 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 this 
and and that needs to be approached uh, appropriately and and with care, but not uh, at a with a ten foot pole. And I feel like that's the way it is. Is that we cannot approach the topic of 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 talking about flirting with the the waiter or or whatever and and then that just is like this cloud hanging over and i'm just speaking also personally sarah and i have had these dialogues and it's felt better for me because i felt like i didn't have the the to tiptoe around or the guilt yeah or the guilt yeah i mean a lot of times Mm -hmm. it was the guilt and then i wanted to have that conversation with sarah because I was feeling these things and it, and then it created more intimacy for us. And now, you know, like we went out uh, on a date night a few weeks ago and we were joking around that the bartender was cute. And, 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 and that was just because she was and and Sarah agreed (laughs) and and we talked about it and it wasn't like the first thing I said when we sat down or like, but it was just a, 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 a thing that was brought up in conversation and, and, yeah, I mean, just it felt more freeing. And, and I think the key was it also brought us closer together. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a there's a theory or an idea in therapy and psychology that if, if you can't control your own emotional state, you seek to control the people around you and the environment. So it's possible in, in a relationship that if somebody felt insecure enough and enough anxiety, right, and they're sort of out of control inside, part of their solution is to try to control their partner. You can't go to dinner with, you know, somebody from work of the opposite sex. You can't get a massage. You can't, you know, it's a, it's a mechanism to try to reduce their own anxiety. And if the other person just sort of submits to that, there's, you know, there's going to be hard feelings and it doesn't solve the actual problem, which is where's that insecurity coming from? So I'd rather see a couple like that have a conversation where the person who's being restricted can say, this isn't okay. I need to have work meetings or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not just going to go along to make you feel better. And I want to talk about where your insecurity is coming from. And like, can we address that? You know, what can, what can we do? What do you need to do maybe in individual therapy? And what, what can I do to let you know that I'm committed in this relationship? Those are important conversations to have. And, and I'm just want to speak to the listener out there. And I know you're out there who they hear these things, but there's probably many hundreds, if not thousands, they hear these things and, and they probably become pretty threatened by the idea of, well, there's no way I'm letting my partner flirt with someone. And I, f- I feel like a lot of times in life when we have really strong emotions, we need to dig into those and, and say, why, right. why do I feel that way? And sometimes, I mean, it's completely justified and, and that's how we survive. Right. And that's why we have emotions. <laughs> but if it's an insecurity, then it's worth examining to, to take your relationship with yourself to the next level and, and, and process through that and then with your partner. And that's why, you know, it's okay to feel threatened. But examine that and say, yeah. you know, where is this coming from? And and have that dialogue with your partner um, because you're going to be better for it. Yeah, and it, it kind of opens. I mean, we're, this is sort of a whole can of worms. But I, I will say to some of the listeners out there who are feeling threatened or upset with this idea, right? I'm not saying everybody should let their partner flirt or, or uh, that that's always the answer. Because some of the time, what these what you're picking up on 
is that your partner really is kind of inappropriate or they're doing something in a way to be mean to you or there's, there's some other game going on. I mean, this, this happens in relationships. So strong feelings about some of this stuff can be really rooted in something important. I mean, I guess it's always important, but, you know, something that's really wrong in the relationship or, you know, maybe it is just about your own insecurity that needs to get dealt with. And, you know, everything's possible, but you don't know until you look. That's a great point. And yeah, I mean, relationships are complex. We're not going to solve them here on a 30 minute podcast, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. I do, I do yeah. certainly, that is a good point in, and and one that, you know, we're here to, to start that dialogue, to get you thinking about these things. And, and I don't want to say one is right and one is wrong. And, but it really the important thing right. is to examine them for yourself and, and not to, just not think about it because it makes you uncomfortable. Um, if it if it is something that is bad in the relationship, then then that needs to be addressed um, for sure. So so I'm glad we we dissected that a little. I got to tell a little personal story. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, Jessa, are there any other important rules that uh, we should touch on before we say goodbye? No, I mean, I don't, there's several more in there. And I, I guess if you don't mind me saying just a word about the book, you know, the, there's this whole mindset piece is so important. And it's a big part of the first part of the book. And then the second part really is a way to practice the stuff, right? How to tra transform your sex life through practice and put all these ideas into, into experience, which is how we actually change. So hopefully it's going to be a good resource for people if anybody's really curious and wants to know more. Absolutely. And if they want to know all the rules, then they'll just have to check out your book. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and um, is there, um, we'll, we'll have the links, of course, to, the, to your book, as well as um, all the resources we have um, talked about today. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find more information on your book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, the, the one-stop shopping would be my website, which is jessazimmerman.com. So it's got links to my book and podcast and YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. And the book is now available for pre-order on Amazon, which is exciting. Great. And when, do, when is launch day? Oh, it's being officially released September 25th. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Well, we'll have, uh, like I said, all those links on the show notes page. And again, Jessa, thanks so much for joining us back on the show. Thank you so much. Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam. And you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com 
slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com